Hey there, Graybeardians. Welcome back to another episode of the Cybersecurity Graybeard. This time I'd like to get started with an ad for Cloud Academy, a sponsor of Cybersecurity Graybeard. Cloud Academy has thousands of video courses, learning paths, practical hands-on labs in real-world cloud environments, and tools designed to help teams assess, build, and validate critical cloud skills. If you're looking to get certified, Cloud Academy has dedicated learning paths for security certifications, such as Amazon Web Services, Google Cloud Platform, and Microsoft Azure. Whether starting out and needing fundamentals or pursuing deeper content, such as Cloud for Architecture or Security Specialties, Cloud Academy has what you need. Check out their catalog at cloudacademy.com. For a limited time, my listeners can lock in 50% off the monthly price for life. Just put in the coupon code BEARD, B-E-A-R-D, when checking out. It's a great way to pursue certifications or just build cloud expertise. Again, go to cloudacademy.com and use coupon code BEARD to lock in 50% off the monthly price. Now on with the show. I'm going to be wrapping up Season 2 of Cybersecurity Graybeard with the last two episodes on offensive actions and offensive tools. In mid-November, I'm going to go ahead and post a special episode that's related to a presentation that I'm going to deliver in Chicago for the IIA and ISACA chapters, and it's around business leadership and cybersecurity integration. So hopefully you'll be able to enjoy that around Thanksgiving. Remember to share the podcast with your friends, Cybersecurity Graybeard. Uh, let them know about it. Tell your colleagues, your professors, other students that are in classes with you. Post it in your social media circles. And let's really grow the crowd of Cybersecurity Graybeard. I'll be back in the winter after the new year with additional episodes, new episodes for Season 3. Make sure you reach out on cybergraybeard at gmail.com or you can find me on LinkedIn, as so many have already. I definitely enjoyed the conversations. Mitch A. reached out to me this past week, and he was surprised when I responded to him. He said, wow, I didn't even think I'd hear back at all. So uh, the detail I gave him, he was very appreciative of, and I'm happy to do the same for others as well. So now I'm going to get on with this conversation regarding offensive actions. But before I begin, I need to be very clear. This activity is for educational purposes only. The information that I'm going to provide here can definitely be used for nefarious purposes. I'm not going to get into the nitty-gritty of exactly how you do it. I'm going to talk more about what you do. However, this is enough information for people to go ahead and if they want to uh, move to the dark side, they can. And I don't want to be a part of that. This is all about training. It's all about ethical actions. And I recommend that everybody interested in this topic look at the Ethical Hacker Certification. It's CEH. Certified Ethical Hacker, and make sure you understand exactly what it means to be an ethical hacker. Jobs that are associated with this episode are, some are very high level. Threat hunting, threat hunters usually have 10, 15, 20 years experience, and they're out doing some of these activities in their own organization to identify anomalous behavior. In addition to that are penetration testers. These are individuals that are usually hired by companies to go out and perform these activities to help companies find out where they're weak. Consultants, SIM administrators, correlation engineers in the SOC also would use some of these skills. Identity and access management administrators and engineers need to be very involved with this, particularly around the privileged access management that I'll talk about. Network engineers, firewall administrators, anybody that's dealing with intrusion detection and intrusion prevention systems, you need to understand these actions so you know what to look for. You can also look at the Lockheed Martin kill chain. I'll go ahead and put a note for that in the notes, uh, list out how to find it. It really talks about moving from getting on an environment, weaponizing, exfiltration, etc. It's a very well thought out methodology that many of us in the profession utilize from a defensive standpoint. 
a lot of it's like anything else in life, that if you want to be better than the other people, you need to know what they're doing and how they're doing it. And from a cybersecurity defensive perspective, we need to know what the attackers are doing and how they're doing it. So let me go ahead and get into probably 10, 12 different things as to what's done. So the first thing that you want to do if you're going to be doing any ethical hacking or investigating, however you want to look at it, I'm kind of sensitive to my language here, but I'm going to go ahead and talk about obfuscation. So the first thing an attacker is going to do is hide themselves. They're going to do that by going through proxies. Tor, which is the onion router, is probably the most well-known. It is very well hated by Five Eyes. You can go ahead and research that. It's five E-Y-E-S, the Five Eyes governments, because of how difficult it is to track people down. The onion router, Tor, it's a browser. It's really based on Linux and everything I'm going to talk about here in this episode of the next is on Linux. You can do it on Windows. Windows is inherently less secure. I recommend Kali. Kali is built actually as an offensive Linux product and it comes with tools built in, Metasploit in particular. There's a lot of tools there, but when you get Linux, install Tor on it and it's a browser and you will then have access to the dark web and other things. I like to also use VPNs, so I'll connect to a VPN and then I'll open the Tor from there, open the Onion router, so the Tor browser will be opened after I connect to a VPN. So I'm hidden by the first Tor and then it will jump to other proxies, that's why it's the Onion router, it's layers, you're hitting proxy after proxy after proxy until you get out to an exit and then that takes you out to the websites. So once you're connected to Tor through a VPN, you would go ahead and start doing port scanning. So once you have an identified target or an identified network or a range, you're going to run Nmap or you could just run ICMP, which is basically ping. Traceroute is another ICMP protocol. Internet Control Messaging Protocol is what the ICMP stands for. And you're going to go ahead and basically find out who's out there. Imagine if you're in a submarine and you're using sonar because you want to find out if there's another ship out there or if maybe there's whales or rocks or whatever it is. Port scanning is basically sonar on the web or in the internet, I should say, not on the web. The web is a piece of the internet. We're not dealing with that so much. We're trying to find systems. So what happens a lot of times nowadays is organizations are targeting cloud systems. You put something up on Amazon, and if you don't lock it down, within minutes you're going to start seeing port scans from Iran, from Brazil, from uh, China and North Korea and other places. So you do the port scanning, you identify it, and then you're going to want to run a vulnerability scanner on it. And I'll talk about the tools specifically next time. But again, if you're using Kali, you can run Metasploit and that will help you identify vulnerabilities. And what you're looking for there is software that is on a system that has not been properly patched. Once you find software, maybe an old version of Apache or Java or an old operating system, let's say Windows 2003, Windows 2008, even XP that are still out there, you now know that you have a system that's vulnerable and you can then try and steal credentials or just do a brute force attack. Or if you fished an organization and you have credentials, then you can already get onto a system that way. So once you find the vulnerabilities, you take advantage of those vulnerabilities, you get in them. And then once you're on a system, Actions that you're going to take really are going to revolve around deactivating logging. This is another way to obfuscate oneself. It is what the nefarious actors do to hide their tracks. So you could block port 514, go into IP tables or things of that nature, block it, deactivate it. That's syslog. That'll prevent the system from sending data out. You can also do the same thing with SNMP, which is a simple network management protocol. It's not used too much. It's a very insecure protocol. However, an action that nefarious actors take is to deactivate these 
technology so they can't be found. And another thing that is done is shutting off logging to particular applications, particularly the operating system. The bad guys want to turn off logging for logins, so you can't tell that somebody's logged in or even done sudo for privileged escalation to become a super user on a system. These are things that SIM and other network tools are looking at to find out if there's been a penetration. So if an actor gets on a system, deactivates privileged escalation logging, then the defenders are blind to it. Once in an environment, then lateral movement is performed. So let's say you get on a system and there's nothing of interest there. There's no files. It's just a, a individual, let's say it's a DNS server. Yeah, you could cause problems with that, but you're really looking for data to exfiltrate. So you would perform some lateral movement and go to other systems. Potentially, you've sniffed the line. You've used um, packet capture tools, if you will, if you want to install that on there. And now you're able to see traffic going across and potentially capture some password files that you could put through uh, cracking tools. Uh, so once you're there, you have the lateral movement, you get another systems, you do privilege escalation, you become a super user, and then you can install tools. And sometimes these tools are going to give you remote access. They're known as RAT, remote access tools. Or you could have a beacon, something that is going to call out to command and control, let that system know that it's the computer you've accessed is still up and alive. A lot of times these systems are used as zombies and possibly in um, crypto wear, crypto mining. So a nefarious actor gets on the system and they want to mine some Bitcoin. So they put this crypto wear. And with that, it's mining Bitcoin. So even if they're not going to find data or steal data, something else that can be done is just getting free cycles off of these computers. So they drop off some, some crypto wear and then they move on. And now they're looking to do reconnaissance. They're trying to find files of of great value. The Sony hack is a very good example where it was penetrated and the reconnaissance went on for months and not until all the information was gathered did the real nefarious activities occur with the encryption and the extortion. So you do the reconnaissance, you find the data, you exfiltrate the data, you would do that through SSH where you're going to go ahead and have mechanisms to transport the data out and you want to hide that. Another thing that some of these defensive tools are looking for is large amounts of file transfers, large amounts of data. User behavior analytics is a defensive tool to see what folks are exporting, exfiltrating data, when and why. So something that these actors are doing on an offensive capability is they're only slowly sending out data where they may find gigabytes or even terabytes of information. They're only pushing out a small subset of it over time. If they just dumped everything, it would slow down the network, it would raise alarms, it would create a risk that they would be detected. So what ends up happening is just slow bursts, just pushing it out throughout the day, throughout the night. So that's the exfiltration component. The next action that is occurs has to do with destruction. And this was with Shamoon, this was with Stuxnet, this is with Raikou, and that is you can just destroy the system, blow out the master boot record, you can you know, F-disk the system, you can just delete it and then overwrite it with tools that we're familiar with, like Bleachbit, and that's just vandalism. It's just destroying and you know it's nothing that we do on the offensive side when we are testing, when we are investigating, we are looking to see if we can do something we are not necessarily doing it and most likely we're not. If I was hired to do a pen test for an organization, I'm certainly not going to bleach bit their systems. However, uh, you know, this is something that the bad guys do. A lot of times nowadays we're seeing though that they're not destroying the data because that's just not of value to them. The way they can get value out of it is by encrypting the data. And then that's useless to the end user, to the company. And so what they do at that point is they do extortion. 
and they say to the companies, hey, listen, you're either going to pay us or one, you're not going to get your data back. But two, now what they're doing is they're saying pay us or we're going to post it. I read an article last week where a large school district was extorted and the student data and employee data were put up on the dark web. Now, I find that terrible. I think there should be lawsuits going on against these schools. I think that they need to do a better job of protecting students' information and giving people credit worthiness or credit uh, defense doesn't do anything when you have poor grades and then I put out there and you're embarrassed because of it, all because the school couldn't protect your information, then failed to pay the ransom, and now you, a student, are the victim of it. So this is real world stuff. It's important for us as defenders to know what's happening and understand it so we can protect schools and hospitals and banks and other organizations from going through this. So again, it really runs through a pattern. Check out the Lockheed Martin kill chain. And what I'm talking about here is obfuscation, leading to port scanning, vulnerability scanning, brute force to get in or just doing identity credential theft, deactivate the logging, lateral movement, privileged escalation. So now you're an administrator on a system instead of an end user. Install tools, perform reconnaissance, exfiltrate the data, either destroy it or encrypt it and then extort. That is a typical pattern of offensive actions for nefarious actors. For those looking to be a certified ethical hacker or to be a strong defender in a network world, you need to understand all of these mechanisms. So that takes care of offensive actions. I'm going to go ahead and record another episode for everybody to enjoy on offensive tools that you can hear in just about another week. Thanks again for listening and don't forget to reach out cybergraybeard at gmail.com. Thanks and have a great day.